Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Welcome back to another amazing business radio show. My name's Shep Hyken, and I'm so excited about today because we're going to be in just a few minutes talking to a friend of mine, Scott McCain. Scott is one of the great customer service experts and speakers traveling around the world uh, doing what he does. Actually, you can call him my arch enemy competitor. <laughs> Although, even though we compete, we're really, really good friends. And that's the beautiful thing about our business is that there's a lot of business and enough to go around. And uh, it's nice to have a colleague to brainstorm and talk to about all kinds of interesting customer service topics, uh, everything from uh, the difference between customer service and experience to journey mapping to um, the, the content that Scott has in his books is, is outstanding. And if you read the book, there's just, you know, we've had hours and hours of conversations. We're actually in a mastermind together. So, yes, we talk about the same thing. We do the same thing. We even compete against each other every once in a while. But, man, this is a guy you got to hear about and know about. And we're going to be talking about two books uh, that he's written. The first book in just a little while, uh, I have my list of questions. We're going to talk about uh, the release of the 15th anniversary version of All Business is Show Business. And when I read this book 15 years ago, I thought, wow, man, this guy just gets it. All Business really is show business in my mind. And in my speeches, I talk about Richard Burton, and I call it the... uh, uh, the Burton Standard. And what Richard Burton used to do is on the way out to the stage every night. And by the way, Richard Burton, many people listening to this, if you're, well, younger, if you're a millennial, you probably don't know who Richard Burton was. Richard Burton, at the time when he was living and he was in his at his best, he was the star in movies. He was uh, in plays. He was on TV. He was... He was he was a superstar stud. Now he had all kinds of problems. Uh, he had you know women problems. He had drug problems, alcohol problems, all kinds of problems. But when he would go out to work, um, he would do his best in spite of all those problems. Now stage work is what he was best known for. And if you want to do a Wikipedia search on Richard Burton, you'll see oh this guy's got an amazing story, amazing in that it's entertaining and sad at the same time with all the issues he had and and some abuse issues uh, with with uh, alcohol and substance abuse. But here's the thing. Walking out on stage every night, he would say, I want to be so good tonight that I cheat the audience that was here last night. Every time he walked out on stage, it was about giving his best. And if everybody in a company, every employee would come to work every day thinking, I want to be so good today that I'm better than yesterday. Now, whether Richard Burton could accomplish that feat that night or not, whether any employee or anybody who works at a company could accomplish the feat of being better than yesterday every day, it doesn't matter. It's the effort you put forth. It's the fact that you're doing your best all of the time. And every time you walk onto the showroom floor of a retail store, every time you walk uh, into somebody's office, that's your stage. Whether you're selling to a, a person, whether you're talking to a colleague, that's your platform that you're standing on. And it's like show business. Put on the best show 
that you possibly can. Now, I know that the book, uh, All Business is Show Business, has much more than just that concept in it, but that's one of the things that I took away is that, you know, every time uh, we're, we're doing business, it's like putting on a show. The other book that Scott uh, is going to talk about is his book, called Create Distinction. And this is about standing out, doing uh, doing something better than your competition. And I, I know there's so many great companies out there, and we mention them all the time, and we're not going to do that right now. What I want to do is I want to share with you a concept of distinction, in my mind, anyway, I think it's distinctive, that I go to a place, and why do I keep going back to the same place? Because they stand out. Uh, there's 10 restaurants that I could go to in the area. And I choose to go to this place for breakfast. Now, I've, I just re- I've just recently written about First Watch. And there was a gentleman there, Tomas. Tomas, it was my waiter one day. He served me, and I ordered just one pancake, and I was charged a high amount for it. I was surprised. And then he said, oh, I'm sorry, you, you, if you read the, the menu, uh, you know, ordering one pancake is, you know, whatever, $4. Now, if you order it, in addition to a regular dish, it's like a side pancake. It's a dollar. But tell you what, next time you come in here, I'll charge you a dollar for it. And I thought, well, you don't have to do that. I appreciate the explanation. It was really nice. So this is what makes First Watch distinctive. Number one, every time I go in, food's always good, consistent. I love that. People are always so friendly. They have really incredible service. If we go there with a large party and, and my buddies who I work out with and play hockey with on Saturday morning, we go there, and there could be 10 or 12 of us. They take the order so quickly, and they get the food out so quickly. I joke that sometimes if you're the first person that ordered, you may get your food before that server gets to the last person uh, to order. But, but here's what made this particular instance stand out, and this is what makes me excited to go back and visit First Watch for breakfast on Saturdays week after week is because someone like Tomas, who a week after uh, I had the little pancake incident, I walk in, I sit down. He's not even our server, and I don't say anything about it, but all of a sudden a pancake shows up, and it's from Tomas. And the server says, oh, this one's compliments of Tomas. Uh, he wanted to make sure that you got your pancake this week. And I looked over, and he smiled at me, and he gave me a thumbs up. And I go, wow, that's special. That's distinctive. And you know what? The servers over there, when they've had the experience and they get to know the regular customers, they make you feel like a million dollars. They make you feel like you're special. That stands out. So anytime you can do anything, especially when it comes to customer service, to be distinctive and stand out, well, I think you are one up on your competition. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Scott McCain, who's going to tell us more about all businesses, show business, and how to create distinction. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. 
Learn more at www.powerpost.digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you an amazing interview, and I promise that this will not let you down. Scott McCain is a buddy of mine. He is another customer service and experience expert. We've been, gosh, we've known each other now probably well over 25 years. I run into him every once in a while uh, at an event. As a matter of fact, Scott and I just worked together for a great client uh, out in San Francisco just about two months ago. But he's globally recognized as not just a customer service expert, but an expert on distinction. And it's all about uh, how you stand out in a hyper-competitive marketplace. So, Scott, you've written a book, Create Distinction, uh, what you do when great isn't good enough to grow your business. But what I want to talk about first as we welcome you into the show, Scott, is an old book that you are all excited about because it's the 15th anniversary of one of my favorite titles of any book of all time, All Business is Show Business. Scott, welcome to the show. Yep, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's great to be with you anytime and, and, and especially today. Thank you. So, All Business is Show Business. I love that title because, you know, here Thank I you. am, a guy who's got a background in show business. I move yep. into the world of business and the speaking business, if you will, and now we do training and, and consulting and all that. But, but I believe that's what we do as businesses. We put on a sort of show, a performance for every one of our clients as well as our employees. So give us a little background on the book and tell us where that came from and, and why after 15 years you're still so darn excited about it. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, Shep, I, I, I start the new version of the book by talking about how I used to lead a double life, and that, that sounds a lot more uh, glamorous or suspenseful than, than it was in reality. But I, as I was building my speaking business all those years ago, I was also a movie reviewer. I'd, I'd had the chance to act in a couple of movies in, in the Louisville area where I grew up. They had done a news story about that and offered me a job to, to you know, part-time review movies for a local television station. And through a fluke, I got picked up. I was on 80 TV stations across the country with movie reviews every week. And that afforded me the opportunity to go to junkets. Now, what happens when a junket is they fly into Los Angeles or New York on a Friday night. You see a movie that will be released in about a month. And then the next day, you interview the stars of that movie. And as I was going through that process, I noticed there were so many things that the entertainment industry was doing that the companies that I was working for as I was building my speaking business there were principles that the companies I was working for needed to apply. And that's where the idea really came from, is that all of us, regardless of what our business is, is, is into show business. Now, one of the really important points is that when you, know, you and I are on stage in our professional speaking business, when, when you were doing entertainment, when I was doing movie reviews, I mean, the purpose of entertainment is to create the desired emotional response from the audience. It's not just laughter and song. I mean, obviously, a comedy wants to create that, but but you know, Schindler's List is a product of show business. Silence of the Lambs, Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, the the, the purpose those are of heavy those. Ones. Oh yeah, yeah Schindler's right. List. Yeah, that's a comedy. Ha, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that laugh right, the feel good hit of the summer. Yeah, the feel good hit was Schindler's List. Wow. And by the way, I remember walking out of there. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. It was an mm. emotional thing. But but I, I think that the purpose of entertainment. You elicit that emotional connection uh, with the audience, and you create it. And you know, yeah, exactly. You know, how do you get somebody yeah. to laugh? How do you get somebody to cry, for that matter? 
Yeah, exactly. And and so part of what you know you realize through that process is as we examine it is that show business does this great job of saying how do we want the audience to feel as a result of of our production. But yet in business, particularly at that particular point when I first wrote the book and started giving the speeches, you know, businesses weren't talking about how are we making our customers feel? What is the experience it's a part of this process. And so in 1983 and four, when I started giving the speech and 15 years ago when we released the book, that was the, really the purpose of it is how do we as a business think about what is the compelling experience that we're creating for our audience? And there's other things that show business thinks about and does that many times we don't in our respective businesses. You know, the real profitability is in the sequel. So how do we prepare for that sequel, that repeat business? How do we find ways, you know, for example, think about all the licensed products that are a part of what many elements of show business, you know, just, just go to Disneyland or Disney World and you see the impact of that. Well, how do we extend our product and how do we expand our product and how do we not only prepare for repeat business of the same experience, in other words, you know, the show is so good, I come back and see it again and I bring my friends, but also how do we find other ways to get you to invest in the same product or an expansion of that product? So what, what the book did back then was to take a look at that. What I've done now with this new version of it that's coming out for the 15th anniversary is to say, good grief, the, the, the newly elected president of the United States was, was a reality TV show host. I mean, I'm not talking about politics, whether you're for him or against him. I'm saying we've, look we've gotten it, to the... It, but this is yeah. not the first time a TV star right, has been right. elected, you know. Ronald yeah, Reagan, exactly. right out of the yeah, movies. That, exactly. Well, and, and his nominee, uh, Thomas Nuchin, for the Secretary of the Treasury, I mean, the guy that's going to be running the economy was, was the producer of the latest film Suicide Squad and produced Mad Max, the, the latest Mad Max. He, he, he's produced several big hit movies. So show business has now thoroughly inundated itself into all forms of business and government. And unless we understand those principles, we are really missing out on the ways that we establish deeper, more powerful, more compelling, more distinctive connections with, with our customers and with our employees. Well, we're going to get into the distinction and in just a few minutes, but I want to stay on this theme of all businesses show business because when I first read the book, I was reading it through the lens of I'm a customer service guy what we're saying in my mind is that uh, our storefront, our uh, website, our you know customer service department, our inside salespeople, even the people that go out in the field, uh, that's just the traveling version of our show. These are our stages to work off of. And from there, we've got to put together a show that is compelling enough to get people to walk away and say, you know what, that was a great show. Uh, I want to come back and see that show again, or I want to uh, come back and see what they offer next time. And and also bring their friends, family members, colleagues, people you know associate with. So let's tie this all to customer service, because I think a big part of it is that. Uh, and, and, and you use the word experience. So I'll throw, it could be customer service or experience. We want to create that connection. The, the purpose of entertainment, as you mentioned. We want to, uh, you know, how do we, I wrote a note down here. How do we... I can't read my writing. Uh, you know, how do we want the audience, which is our customers, to feel when they're doing business with us? That's what the, the directors of the movie, uh, the, the movies that you've been talking about, are thinking about 
every single scene, every frame of that movie. You, you couldn't be more correct, Shep. I mean, that you were absolutely on target. I mean, one of the ways I put it is this. We, we would never, if, if, if you and I were producing a movie, right, we would never build the sets. We would never cast the actors. We would never rent the, the cameras and the lighting. We would never hire the technical professionals for, for sound. We, we would never do all that and then get everybody together and say, uh, okay, now what's this movie about? Where is the script? We haven't written the the script script. yet. Yeah. Right, right. We would begin with the script. We would begin with what is the emotional experience that we want our audience to have, and then everything from from casting, hiring, uh, preparation of of, of the sets, everything would be based upon the script that's generated from the desired emotional experience. In business, we do it completely the opposite. We build our storefronts, we create our business, and we have someone, you know, create our website, and we do everything like that first, and then we step back and we say, okay, now how do we improve the experience of the customer after everything else has been put into place? And, and I know that you're big on the customer journey. You know, how, how do we take the customer along the, the journey to, to get them where we want them to be? And, and I, I just think that's so, what you're saying, is just so critically important because we, we, we're not thinking enough in business about the customer experience and customer service ahead of time and then engineering the, everything else to create that kind of experience. We're doing it backwards. Right. Well, some companies are doing it right. We know that. Right. And, right. Yeah. and yeah. I think the, the best companies, you know, to use the old saying, start with the end in mind, which is an old saying, but it really, you know, it's like, okay, what's the product? Um, and I can imagine when we're, we're thinking innovation, it's like, gosh, let's, let's throw a bunch of ideas out there. And is there one out there that seems like it could stick, that it could be worth something? Okay, so now there's this idea we have. I mean, I can imagine Steve Jobs thinking there's this phone. If they would carry it around in their pocket and it did a lot more than a phone would do, yeah. what would that be like? And he didn't start by uh, saying, hey, here's a box. Let's build into it. No, he had the vision of what was in that little box and then he went backwards. And then the cool part about it, and I believe he did it, Jeff Bezos does it at, at Amazon. Every step along the way, they said, or they asked, how does this impact or what is the customer supposed to experience or what are they going to feel at this moment? And every question, every step had a question like that that centered around the customer. And even if it wasn't good for the customer, at least they asked the question and decided to make a decision regardless of whether it was good. You know, should we raise prices or not? How is it going to affect the customer? Well, they're not going to be happy. Well, if we don't do it, what's going to happen? Well, then we can't afford to have the staff that we have. We're going to have to cut back here. Well, we're not cutting back. Let's raise the prices. They won't be happy, but they'll keep, you know, you, you always think about these things. So I know, oh, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're going a little bit off on a tangent here, but I think it's it's important. So, um, well, can I uh, let me pick it back just on what you're saying though for a second, Shep? Because I think what you're saying is critical, and and that's that's the three words that I I think we ought to be asking uh, all the time. And then what? Right? I mean, uh, we raise our prices. Yep, well, and, and then, then what? what? Well, the customer isn't going to be happy. Well, and then what? How do we? You know, we're not drilling down deeply enough into, uh, for example, if, if you walk into a retail store, uh, so the customer walks in the store, well, and then what? Do you let them browse? Do you approach them immediately? I mean, it, it's having the script. It's having the plan. It's having the approach. And the more that we can do exactly what you were just saying, drilling down further, how's the customer going to respond? And then what? 
the, the more precise that we can be in the execution and delivery of, of the level of service that we all desire. Right. And I, I know I mentioned Amazon, and that's one of the things that Jeff Bezos has done so well, and he talks about it very publicly. He is just so customer-focused that every decision they make, they always ask, how does this impact the customer? Positive, negative, and, and by the way, you know, as I mentioned before, if it is negative and they still decide to go forward, at least they've talked about the then what question uh, as you Mm -hmm. say it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's get into talking about the book Create Distinction, because that's your latest book, and I love that book as well. Uh, The book that's being re-released first part of February is uh, All Businesses Show Business, the 15th anniversary edition, rewritten, re-edited, updated with new pictures of Scott. Yes? (laughs) (laughs) New everything. Yeah, absolutely. Completely rewritten. You can get it everywhere, including Amazon.com, as long as we're talking about Amazon. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking with Scott McCain. We've been talking about all business is show business, but now let's talk about his book, Create Distinction, What to Do When Great Isn't Good Enough to Grow Your Business. And uh, this is a a phenomenal book, and it's exactly what you would think uh, it's about. You know, how do you stand out? How are you distinctive uh, compared to your competition? It was uh, recognized as a top 10 business book of the year. So on top of getting all businesses show business, uh, when you get to the site on Amazon, you'll see other books people have bought. Well, this is one of them. Let's talk about that because you're going to want this one as well. Scott, tell us about uh, how to create distinction. Well, you know, Jeff, one of the things I looked at is why were some organizations standing out in the marketplace and, and others were not? Part of it, and an important part of it, is the level of service that they deliver. But, but there's more than that. And, and one of the things that really struck me, I went back and reread the book Good to Great again, biggest selling business book of all time. And one of the things that, that's said in the book is that there are 11 great companies in the world. They studied thousands of companies. Here are the 11 great companies, and if we'll do what these 11 did, then we too can move our businesses from good to great. Well, when you look at the 11, the model of retail in the book Good to Great was Circuit City. Oh, the yeah. model of finance in the book Good to Great was Fannie Mae. And, who, and where are they? Of the 11, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Ten of the 11 so-called great companies are either bankrupt or they are delisted from the New York Stock Exchange because of fraud or they are performing either at or below the average of the stock market. Uh, one of the 11 great companies was Philip Morris, a company that the repeated use of its product kills its people. customers. <laughs> right? so, so, the, the idea to me was that if, if that if that was what it took to move from good to great back then, to me what it implied is that great isn't good enough anymore to keep growing your business. So, so what was it? So I started trying to look at distinctive organizations and distinctive professionals. You, you've mentioned a couple of them in, in Amazon and in Apple. And it seemed to me that there were four basic things 
that, that these organizations or these professionals were doing. And that became the four cornerstones of distinction. The first one is clarity, being totally precise about what you are and just as precise about what you are not. And many organizations, many professionals go to market with, you know, it's the right spirit that you and I talk about, you know, being of service and how can I help you. But on the other hand, when we try to be everything to everybody, we end up being very bland. We end up being generic. That doesn't work. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, Walmart, um, and here I believe is a great example, and I'm not sliding Walmart when I say they don't yeah. have high-level customer service. They have very good service. It's friendly service. At times, it's even helpful when you can find somebody. But if they were to staff at the same level as uh, Nordstrom, they mm-hmm. could not afford to give us the great price that they have. They have to make exactly. a choice as to what they want to be, and they've chosen the lane of, hey, lots of merchandise, low prices. Uh, we'll, you know, We're going to give them friendly service when they come in we might even have a greeter you know Mm -hmm. uh giving out little flyers to get even more uh you know savings but uh really at the end they know where their lane is and you know you'll still drive by a walmart and you'll see a mercedes parked out there and it's it's not that they don't attract a high-end group it's just everybody knows what they stand for you're exactly right well uh, sam walton famously talked about sears uh, as well, which was the nation's biggest real t- retailer back then, as you know. And one of the things he said is, you know, Sears wants to have their own line of Craftsman and, and, and Kenmore, but then they want to sell everybody else's line, too. They want to have good prices, but yet they want to be in the mall. They want to be everything to everybody. And, and Sam Walton saw back then that it wasn't going to work. And look where Sears is today, as opposed to where Walmart is today. Yeah, but you know, I, I and and just as a positive thing about Sears, Craftsman tools are absolutely yeah. un, it, are it's a lifetime yeah. warranty. So yeah. on a nice Saturday, uh, I may go to a garage sale and buy the oldest screwdriver, hammer, wrench, <laughs> all Craftsman tools broken, rusted out. You take them back, and guess what? They give you brand new ones. That's a company that I love because they stand behind. And I know Sears isn't doing well, but any company that's willing to treat a customer like that and stand behind their products like that. And by the way, I really don't go to the garage sales, but I know uh, that's that's what they will be, and not many people do, which is why they know that they're not being taken advantage of. But at the end of it all, that's the kind of guarantee you want. You know, Zappos.com, you know, you know, uh, uh, powered by service is their tagline, and you buy a pair of shoes, you aren't sure if they run small or big, you call them up, they send out three pairs of shoes, three different sizes. You try it, send two back. It's like, how could you not want to do business with a place like that? That, by the way, makes it easy to do that. It's not like it's a hassle to wrap up the shoes and get them shipped back. I mean, everything's about being easy. So I know we're getting off the track here, but, you know. No, what you're saying goes right into the next cornerstone of distinction, which is creativity. And, and earlier, Shep, you mentioned about you know how how difficult it is to to be creative, and and that's one of the things that that as I was studying this that, that I discovered is we tend to think outside the box, but because we haven't done the clarity piece to begin with, our creativity has no grounding. It and organizations that are clear, it's a lot easier for for Amazon to be creative because they're so clear about who and what they are, and and. It, creative about the iPhone because Steve Jobs was so clear about what kind of products they built and and they were so clear about what they are 
and, and what they are not. So creativity has to be grounded in clarity. I, I, I went to Nashville and talked to some songwriters, and I know that you and I both have a bunch of buddies there in Nashville. One of the things that struck me is every single songwriter that I, I ask about this said that, that creativity comes after clarity. They have to first decide, is this song going to be a ballad? Is it going to be up-tempo? Is it going to be country, rock, or pop? Is it going to be sung by a male, a female, or a group? And, and they make those decisions first and get very clear. And then after they've made those decisions, then they get creative. And so part of what I'm really suggesting with, with Create Distinction is that if you don't do the clarity piece first, your creativity piece is, is not going to have the traction that you desire. Right. It makes a lot of sense to me. And, uh, you know, back to someone like Amazon or, or Walmart. I read an article the other day. Walmart is really beefing up their online business. And people say, well, that's because they're trying to compete with Amazon. You know what? They've always competed with Amazon, regardless of whether they've been strong online or not strong. Uh, They're a retailer, and they're a retailer selling uh, big selection, lower price. Uh, But I think Walmart's staying in its lane, even though it's veering into online in a much stronger way, because why? It's still retail. What they aren't doing is putting fancy restaurants in the middle of a Walmart. You know, that's going outside of the lane. You know, hey, that's a brilliant idea. People want to come in and shop, and they'll spend a lot of money at lunch. No, they won't. So... (laughs) Although yeah. maybe they will. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's but, a great but, idea. Well, Let's call Walmart. It's a great point, though, Chef, because it, it, it works for Ikea, right? Because they'll have the Swedish meatballs at Ikea, which is part of the culture right. of Ikea, right? The, the, the little place where you can get a, a snack or a bite to eat supports the culture and supports the brand. It, it doesn't feel like it's a bolt-on, right? And, and, and that's, that is – to me, what's what's so important about what, what you're saying there is that we, we don't do it just because we can. We only do it if it fits into the, the customer experience that we're trying to create that is congruent with the clarity that, that we've established. All right, so we've got clarity and creative, and next is, because you said there's four. Yeah, third is communication, and, and the distinctive professional and the distinctive organization communicates in narrative. We know the story of Jeff Bezos and and the empty chair for the customer. We know the story of the two Steves in the garage starting Apple. We know the story of Herb Kelleher drawing a triangle on a napkin. We know the story of distinctive businesses, but yet we tend in our own businesses and our own careers to run from our own uniqueness. We would rather tell someone else's story than our own. And interestingly enough, as we look at the generational changes going on in the marketplace with millennials you know, coming in and baby boomers trying to hang on and all of these things that are going on, the, the one communication technique that transcends every generation is the importance of a compelling narrative. I think the story is powerful, and the story can uh, define who you are to the customer, but it also internally defines your culture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then that leads into the fourth and final yeah. of the four cornerstones, which is a customer experience focus. And it's really been what we've been talking about this entire time. It, it's focusing on what will the customer feel like? What is the experience that the customer is going to receive? And, and being, you know, you, you, you talk about it, uh, being obsessed about it. I mean, that's, that's, that's it, being obsessed about, you know, what's the experience that we're delivering? How do we make it better? How do we refine it? How do we make it stand out? 
So when you combine those four, clarity about what we are and what we're not, a creative approach to business, a creative approach to the marketplace, the communication of, of what really matters in a narrative, in a story, and, and being obsessed by the customer experience, you put those four together and you've created distinction. You will stand out from your competition right. in, a, in a hyper-competitive marketplace. And, and three out of four isn't going to work. It's all four. You're either all in yeah. or go home. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. you got to be all in. So we are almost to the end of our, our interview here, and I always ask the final question is the one thing. What one thing uh, do you want to emphasize, or is there something else you want this audience to remember that we haven't talked about before we end up here? It's a great question, Chip. When I, when I was originally writing the first version of All Business is Show Business, um, the, the publisher, Larry Stone, said one of the things that he really wanted, because it was my first business book, was the, the, my definition of business, or what's the purpose of business. And I worked really hard on it. it it's one of the things, by the way, the, the new version we're calling All Business is still show business. <laughs> so, oh, so, so that's the title we should, be, we, we should look yeah, at. Okay. Yeah, it's All Business is still show business. And uh, I believe that the purpose of any business is to profitably create experiences that are so compelling to customers that their loyalty becomes assured. So that's really what I'd like to leave with, is that the purpose of your business, whether, whether you're you know, Jeff Bezos running Amazon or whether you're running the local dry cleaners in southern Indiana, is that the purpose of your business is to profitably create experiences that are so amazing, so compelling, amazing to use your word, to customers, that, that their loyalty becomes assured. They can't imagine, why would I even look around? Why would I want to go anyplace else? And so that, to me, is, is what it's all about. I know our messages dovetail and are congruent so much there, and it's, 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 what, it's what can make a difference. Sure they are. And I think that if somebody can define their purpose, well, you've defined what the purpose of business is, but if you can come up with, with clarity, be creative about it, communicate it, and deliver an experience, you're going to hit the mark on what the purpose of the business is. But you've got to be so clear because if you don't have that, you're, you're right. You're not going to stand out. So the book is called All Business is Still Show Business. And, of course, the other book we've been talking about is Create Distinction. So go to Amazon.com. Look up Scott McCain as the author. That's M small C, capital K-A-I-N. And look up these two books. And you know what? Like, do not pass, go, or collect $200 get them you know what valentine's day is coming up tell your sweetheart tell your partner if somebody wants to get you something on valentine day tell them to buy this book for you it'll be one of the most important gifts they will give you the entire year if not the decade so scott thank you so much for being on the show man you're awesome you're awesome you too you too my friend thank you so much and this is why we, we call it amazing business radio because you truly were amazing and everybody out there thanks for listening Uh, We're going to have another interview and a great show next week. Stay tuned for that. Remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.